What is up, New York? It's the big rig here. All right, so last night, New York baseball Mets, the Metropolitans, as you all, all know them and love them, have now gone up three games to zero in the National League Championship Series against the Chicago Cubs. And guess what? Who called this? Who said the Mets were going to be a difficult component for the Cubs? That's right. Your boy, Big Rig. And not only that, they're one game away from going to the World Series where they will face, potentially, the Kansas City Royals. Um, The Kansas City Royals now are a team that are kind of like the anti-Mets. They could very easily beat the Mets and sweep the Mets because they're that kind of team. They're hot right now. Their hitting is off the charts. The Mets hitting is a little stagnant aside from your boy Daniel Murphy, who once again decided that he was going to hit a home run, fifth straight game, six for the playoffs, tying Carlos Beltran for most home runs in the consecutive games in the playoffs. So now Daniel Murphy's still not cooled off. His last three at-bats last night left a little bit to be desired, but he'll start coming around. But your New York Mets are up three games to zero in the National League Championship Series, and this is a team who you thought would just barely make the playoffs. Now they're one game away from the World Series, and tension is – you can cut it with a knife in New York. People are still worried. I still talk to Mets fans, and they're still saying, you know what, Big Rig, don't talk. Don't talk about it. I don't want to hear how good we are. I don't want to hear how we're going to the World Series. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> Just like, righty then. You're going to the World Series. You're going there. I said it the other day. I said it again today. You're going to the World Series. If you lose with a 3-0 series um you know you're up 3-0 in the series and you lose that's a monumental disaster you're talking Boston Red Sox Yankees but I feel that it's not going to happen now Boston did that to break their curse their drought of World Series championships it was in the NLCS they were down three games to none they came back Cubs kind of have that similar feel they have that, oh, I, we haven't won since 1908. So maybe this, maybe we can come back and, and win this, four, you know, sweep, sweep a four-game series. So that's what you have to look at it, one game at a time. Four-game series, just go and sweep it. But it's easier, a lot easier said than done. So we're going to be taking a look at last night's game, who the heroes were, how DeGrom pitched, the, the Grominator. He's he's doing really good. Uh, give me a call at 347-989-0635. Uh, take your calls. Follow me at Twitter, at The Big Rig Show. Send me some questions. I'll read them off on, on air live. And uh, we'll just go over the game, talk about, you know, the current, how, how the Mets are going to do right now in this current series. And obviously they're going to go to the World Series. We all know it. Everyone's just afraid to say it. All you Mets fans are like, you have like battered wife syndrome or something. I don't understand. Like you're doing good. Enjoy your team. Instead of being worried about your team failing, why don't you start enjoying the team? And that's what you need to do right now. So we'll be back with your calls. 
uh, talk about the Mets, talk about the Giants debacle on Monday night and how the Giants are just regressing throughout this year. And it's it's not a good sign for you Giant fans. We'll be back of this. about the Mets uh, game three last night. Mets are up 3-0 to the Chicago Cubs and NLCS. Who would have thought this was going to happen? I mean, I felt you guys were going to win. I felt you guys were going to be the hardest competition uh, other than the the Dodgers or or the Mets. The Mets by far had the better chance at beating the Cubs because when you you look at it, you have a power lineup. Mets have power pitching. We've been saying for a couple weeks now, that power pitching always beats power lineups, and that's what's happening. I mean, a couple solo shots here and there, but the reason they're hitting solo shots is because they can't get anybody on base because the Mets pitching is that good. So when you when you don't sacrifice walks and your defense is playing where you're not making errors, then you're going to win the games. And if your pitching does the job that they need to do, which they're doing right now, you give up a couple solo shots. Schwarber's hitting out of his mind. That that shot he hit yesterday, that pitch that Degrom threw him was a, a good pitch. It was a really good pitch. He muscled that thing opposite field. He's just that good of a hitter right now. But there's people on the Mets that are doing the exact same thing. Daniel Murphy's doing the exact same thing. So you have a counterbalance to everything that the Chicago Cubs are throwing at you right now. 
you actually have a counterbalance of what's going on. So Daniel Murphy's taking control of the offense as usual, and that's what we expect him to do right now. So all the Mets fans are out there saying, hey, Daniel Murphy's carrying us again. Okay, what's different about this series than last series? Nothing. He's carrying you guys. Keep on riding him. He's the hot hand. He is – when he, he knew it last night, he wasn't going to flash it. He wasn't going to, you know, flip his bat, throw it up in the air. He's not that kind of player. But you see him on the field, and Daniel Murphy is playing loose. His his demeanor, everything about him, it's like a kid. He's like in a little league. He's smiling. Everything he does, he's got a grin on his face. And you know he's in his zone. And he's not coming out anytime soon. Even if he does come out, come out there's no way the Cubs are coming back from this series. It's going to be monumental if they do. They're not. It's not going to happen. Stop worrying about it, Mets fans. I'm sick and tired of you guys saying, oh, don't say that to me. This is that. No. They're not coming back. Have some confidence in your team. We talked about this before. They're not coming back. You got it wrapped up. You're going to the World Series. If it doesn't happen, then, <laughs> you know, then we'll see. It's not going to happen, though. You're going to World Series. So, we can start taking a look at the ALCS and what's going on there. Both teams can lock it up today. That would be weird because now you have both teams getting the same amount of layoff in between the World Series and now. So if the Mets lock it up and the Royals lock it up today, um, you're going to have a a big layoff, and they won't start the World Series early because it's all scheduled. So – you know, you have a little bit of time to get your starters healthy. I guess that's a good thing. I like, I personally like going to the end in every series. I think it keeps the hitters, you know, fresh and not fresh, but in the zone. You know, you don't want a five-day layover where Daniel Murphy is sitting there hitting a, a you know, a batting, a, a, a bullpen coach the whole time. You don't want that because – you know, it starts throwing you off. You start losing your rhythm. You're, you know, you just start. It, it just messes with your hitting. And I like to go into the series a little bit right coming off from an emotional series, like the the Mets did with the Dodgers. And that's why that emotion is transferred towards Chicago. Now Chicago didn't really have an emotional series with uh, St. Louis. I think they won three one. You know, the Mets went to Game Five, and now it's you know transferring to this series like I just said and they're they're beating them on every aspect of the game now a couple of things is um, the shifts the shifts that Joel Madden is putting out there are working you know, every now and then you, you scratch your head and you say what is this manager doing it, why is he shifting like this why is this you know operating the way it is and he's he has his guys in position to make every play and he's he's a really smart a smart baseball man. He he's a little bit computer heavy on his numbers and his rotations and where to put people and batting the pitcher eighth. So I don't really agree with batting the pitcher eighth. You want as many as many things as you can possibly get up to the front of the lineup. I understand that sets you off and gives you you know earlier time to sub in your pitcher. But I mean seriously. Now we're just nitpicking. It, people people have won World Series without hitting the pitcher eighth, and Joel Madden hasn't. So it shows you right there. I understand they want to be innovative. I understand he wants to be like Larusa. That's fine and dandy. Um, I don't think he's really at, like getting outmanaged so much as 
as far as play goes. I think it's just his players aren't playing good. And they're not doing what they have to do out there. They're not hitting the ball. They're not seeing the ball well. A couple home runs, solo home runs, Soler, uh, Schwarber. You know, that kind of stuff is happening. A couple things happened last night where you kind of left scratching your head. The umps, I mean, the ground will double in the ivy is it's questionable because it is a ground rule double. You have to treat it like a ground rule double, but it's up to the umpire's discretion to make that call. So if he was going to score by time, the outfielder, the way, the way I, the reason I say it, or the way I believe it, it is, is if he can't, if he gets to the ball and then it becomes a ground rule double, by time he gets to that ball is where the, the runner has to be on base and scoring. So if the runner is rounding third and almost to home plate or touching home plate or cross home plate, and then he gets to the ball and raises his hand for a ground rule double, you have to count that run. It's up to the umpire, but he should count that run because it wasn't a ground rule double. We didn't know, or he couldn't get to the ball up until that point. So he should count that run. Now it could go both ways. He could say, you know, we're treating it just as a regular ground rule double. That's what he did yesterday, and that's the product. You know, you get out of that inning, you only go up three. So it is it is what it is. It, it happened. It's over. You won the game. It's not a big deal. If you lost the game and that happened, yeah, I can see you being a little bit mad, but you scored on a, on a strike three, three-out call with a pass ball. So – Tell me the Mets aren't getting everything in their favor right now. And that that's what I told my buddy last night. When you see a championship team starting to come together, those kind of things start happening. You know, you get a, a strike three call on a swing, ball goes in the dirt, <laughs> and you score, and you save it first. You know, so you get four outs in the inning. So a lot of that stuff is happening for the Mets. You're stealing third base. Now, to a lot of people, I, when I was watching last night, and Cahill was throwing that ball. I was like, this guy is going to definitely let one go. And he did. They almost wanted him to just <laughs> just steal home, you know, right off the bat. Because he was throwing everything in the dirt. He couldn't control He couldn't control his uh, his changeup. It was in the dirt every time. And Mets, Mets were biting on it. They were biting on it, but he couldn't control it. You knew one was going to get passed. When it did, it was at the perfect time. That's what scored, and that's it. I think he had – I think they clocked him, and it, the baseball next-gen stats, at 24 miles an hour going home on that play. That's fast. I didn't think he had that kind of fat, uh, speed in him, but I guess he did. All right, 347-989-0635 is the number to call. Follow me at The Big Rig Show on Twitter. Send me some questions. Going to break. We'll be right back.
uh, talking about Mets game three action last night. Uh, let's go over some stats. See what the you know see how they're hitting. See see you know where they are as a team right now. Uh, you know, Cespedes doubled last night. Flores doubled, and that was the that was a ground rule double that we were just talking about. Uh, Murphy still continues to be on fire. He's hit three home runs in this series. First three games, three home runs. He's homered five straight games in a row now. Six in the playoffs. He's on fire. His last three bats left something to be desired, but you know, he's still hot and he's still going and that's why I'm saying that like layoff, if you if you sweep the series and the layoff to the World Series might affect your hot hitters. Murphy might cool down with that much time off. You know, you hit your batting practice pitcher a lot. You don't really see that live in game pitching and it you know, it could affect your hitting. So uh, you'd like to see the Cubs get one or two just to stretch this out a little bit. Uh, you never know. It, I don't think they're going to win. I think you sweep them. I think they're done. Now, um, as far as Wright goes, he had a good game last night. You want him to start coming around. He went three for four, two runs, one walk, one strikeout. He's hitting 364. So he's doing good, 545 slugging, 462 on base. He's starting to come around. Cespedes three for five, one run, two RBIs. He's starting to come around. Duda, he he's hitting one for three. He's batting 167. He's got a 167 on base. He's got a 167 slugging. So that tells you right there how Duda's doing. Okay, there's one hit, is one lone hit for this series was last night. He had an RBI though. He did have an RBI. Darno. Continues one for four. He's been two seventy three, five forty five slugging. He had two strikeouts. You know whatever. He'll he'll, he'll manage that. Who uh, you have no other options. And Darno's doing great this postseason. Conforto. He's he's having a rough series. He's hasn't gotten a hit. His on base percentage is one forty three. You'd almost want to see. A little bit of a change, maybe give him a night off, see what he can do there. Put Kadir in, see if Kadir can have some uh, success. Uh, as far as their pitching, DeGrom, he, he's pitching great. He, he's obviously your number one. He went seven innings. He's got four hits, two runs, two earned, one walk, seven strikeouts. He let up two home runs, as we know. But Schwarber is on fire. He's hitting everything out of the park. That pitch that he threw him was a good pitch. Schwarber's just hitting out of his mind. And Solar, he's a strong kid. He got a hold of one. Oh, well. Clipper came in. Clipper is producing, and he's he's progressively getting better as these playoffs go on. So you're getting a little bit more confidence in Clipper. When he comes in, you're not like, Clipper's coming in. His ERA is zero. He's got, he had one strikeout, one inning pitch. And Familia is just, Lights out, Mariano Rivera style closing right now. This guy is his. He's got ice water running through his veins. Nothing phases him. You could have brought him in for a six uh, six out save again last night, and he would have handled it perfectly. I think he's trying to rest his arm a little bit. But hey, Terry, he pitches one inning a day. Let's uh, you know, let's not coddle him too much. Keep on going with your philosophy about bringing him in because he needs to, you know, he needs to just shut the door. 
I'd, I would, I'd always bring him in for a six out save now, knowing that he can do it. And if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose with my best. As far as the Cubs go, you got Schwarber to worry about sitting out of his mind. Um, he's not really, he, he's, he's hitting the long ball. I should say he's not hitting out of his mind. He's hitting the long ball. Well, he's just that powerful. Um, Dexter Fowler, not really that good. You know, Bryant Rizzo, Starlin Castro, they're not having a good year or a good series. And that's what's happening. So you're beating this team because you have a power pitching staff and they have a power lineup and the power lineup always gets dominated by the pitching staff. Very rarely do you see power power and, you know, the, the batter win. The one time I can remember where that happened was a couple of years ago, um, actually a lot of years ago, when Mark McGuire was facing Randy Johnson in the kingdom and Randy jo- and Mark McGuire hit a ball to the back of the kingdom and dented a wall. It, it, it would have cleared the king kingdom, you know, with ease. He put a dent in the back wall of the kingdom because he just crushed that ball. I, I dude, I want to watch that again because that was a great, great home run. I, I remember that clear as day. I'm seeing it in my mind right now. So, a couple times it'll win, not for usually a whole series or a whole game, and that's what the Mets are doing. They're just dominating on the um, on every aspect of the, of, of the game, defense, pitching, hitting. So when you do that and you go up three games to know, you're gonna win. And sorry, Mets fans, if you wanna if you wanna sit there and say, you know, don't say it yet. I you know I'm a Mets fan. You don't know what the struggle's been like. Please, I don't care what the struggle's like. Start being a realist here. You're going to win the series. You go into the World Series. I know it sounds crazy. If you said that in the beginning of the year, your Mets fans would have been all, you know, no way. I'll put my bank account on it. You know, maybe the playoffs, hopefully a playoff run. But as the season went on and we started to see this team develop into what they are now, you started getting more expectations on what they were going to do. So they're – in August and September, when you start seeing how they're playing and they're winning every day and they're dominating and Cespedes is hitting out of his head, you're starting to say, man, I, I want to go to the playoffs. And the whole Nationals battle was, was hot for a while. You didn't know if you were going to come out on top. And if you didn't win this division, you weren't going because the Cubs and the Pirates had a, a fantastic record. And they weren't giving that up that easily so you made the playoffs then when you got in the playoffs and you you found out you were playing the Dodgers and you knew you were going to play the Dodgers because the two wild cards came out of the central you started looking at the team of the and and seeing oh I got two Cy Young awarders, award winners were facing and all that but that's all they had their their power hitters are not that powerful anymore Crawford is just not the hitter he once was. When he got that big contract, he was hitting the cover off the ball. Now he is – I don't even know if he can start on most teams or play. And he's in, like, the Matt Stairs category, even though Matt Stairs is one of the greatest pinch hitters ever. I've always said that. loved him. But getting back to the Mets, you beat the Dodgers. Now you're saying, all right, let's get to the next series. Now you're in the next series, you have three games to and let's say, now you want a World Series championship. Anything less than a World Series championship after all this this 
chaos that went on through this year. David Wright, if we're going to sign, uh, you know, a player during the uh, All-Star, um, after the All-Star break, during the trade deadline, we got Cespedes. The other one fell through where you're getting rid of um, uh, Wilmer Flores and uh, Wheeler. So that fell through. Everything happens for a reason, okay? When when you don't – when something like, you know, the, the other trade didn't go through – and this happened, and then you started seeing how, what kind of hitter Cespedes was, and everyone started falling in love with him. And it was carrying your team, and it just made every player better. It made David Wright better. Granderson got better. Murphy got better. Duda got better. Duda was hotter than hot for a while there. He's not hot anymore, but he makes everyone in that lineup better because you have to pitch knowing that he's in the lineup. So instead of just Granderson and Wright, which they – they're not. They can't carry a team. They're not that presence that you feel that could homer at any time. And a lot has to do with what Cespedes did in the in the regular season. With the way Cespedes hit when he went when you're going into the playoffs with a guy like that, the way he hit in the regular season makes pitchers real scared when he comes up. Not only that, he's a bad ball hitter. He can hit anything out of the park. That guy. So. You want to throw it high, low, golf shot, inside, outside, he can hit it out. So now you had a pitcher on the mound saying, all right, Daniel Murphy's up. I got Cespedes next. You know, Granderson up. I got Cespedes up, coming up. I, I really need to get these outs. They're giving these guys pitches to hit that they know are going to be strikes. And Granderson, Murphy, right, not so much right, but Granderson and Murphy are, are taking advantage of this. And that's how the that's how that translates into your lineup. That's how your pitching or your your batting is hitting and you're and you're beating teams and outscoring them, scoring five runs, scoring four runs in the playoffs. That's a monumental number in the playoffs, especially when you're dealing with two good pitchers. And when you have DeGrom on the mound and you can give DeGrom five runs, that's that's all he needs, trust me. That's all any pitcher needs. How many times have you gave up more than five runs in this series? Once, if that. Have the have the Cubs scored more than two runs this series? No, they haven't. Your pitching is pitching out of control right now. You're riding on them. You're riding on Murphy. Cespedes is starting to come around. It's looking real good. Back up to this.
back. Um, going to preview a little game four action tonight. And obviously, Matt's is going to go. There's no re- reason to bring anyone back, you know, too early. As far as a Cub fan would go, you almost thought that they were going to bring Lester back tonight. Well, I, I would prefer them bring uh, Lester back. You're putting your your season on the line for Hamill. But also, with that being said, you're going to have to pitch Hamill no matter what. So whether you do it now or you do it later, he still has to go. And I kind of thought it was going to be Lester versus Mats. Mats needs to just come out, keep it close. Keep it together, you know. Two, three runs, most you can let up. Uh, he has a he has an ability to get to get tagged. I think the Cubs are going to come out and hit him really well tonight. And then they're going to take game through uh, game four. Uh, not because Matt's is I feel Matt's is an, uh, you know not a good pitcher. I just feel Matt's doesn't have the composure when you're facing a lineup of this caliber to keep it together, especially when you start letting up some singles or, uh, you know, a, a dagger home run. I just think he's going to lose it. I think that you're going to be in the bullpen early. I think um, I, I I would like to see you bring in like a niece or a cologne for that time. If that does happen, because you don't want to waste your, your, your relievers that you're relying on familiar, you know, Clippard, all those guys, because, you're going to need them when you when it counts and when you need them when you need to get the the victory in the ninth or eighth or seventh. And Clippers been pitching good, so depending on how the I don't think the Mets when it comes to the matchup tonight, Mets versus Hamill. I don't think the Mets have the same lineup as the Cubs. I think the Cubs are going to out hit them, and it's just going to be a high scoring game. Now, if Mets can keep it close, two three runs, I think the Mets are going to win. If it's like a five six seven run you know, uh, route out it, the Cubs will win this. You can't, you can't, you're not going to go shot for shot with the Cubs right now. You can't do it. Your, your lineup's just not that good. So going run for run, hit for hit home run for home run. They're going to beat you like that. That's why your pitching has been so phenomenal in the series because you're shutting down this team. You don't want to get into a shootout with this team. So we'll see how, the the Mets and Mats do tonight, and we'll see how Hamels does. Hamels just not a good pitcher. Six six, he's a six ERA. Uh, not too scared of him. You guys could definitely come back. We're gonna go to the phones. Uh, three four seven nine eight nine zero six three five. Number to call. Follow me at the Big Rig Show on Twitter. Send me some questions. And here we go. Hey caller, what's up? What's your name? Where you from? Hey, what's up, Big Rig? This is uh, Johnny Blaze from uh, Jersey, out in Jersey, buddy. What's going on? What's up, Johnny? How you doing, bud? Hey, a quick question. I, I, I'm, I'm over here with my friends. We're having a discussion over Murphy, right? These guys these guys are Mets fans. They think Murphy's the best thing to like Fred. Now, this guy hasn't done jack, okay? <laughs> so, this guy here hasn't hit. He hit five, six home runs in the last seven games. These guys are talking about him like he's the greatest gift to, to baseball. Well, what do you got? What do you think about Murphy? Well, let me ask you a question now. This guy has been the sole reason why the Mets have been winning in the playoffs. He's been hitting out of his head. He's been carrying the whole team. Of course they're going to say that right now. Now, if you ask a true Mets fan how they feel about Murphy, it, they feel the same way. When they watch this team day in and day out, I don't know if your buddy's a, a, a true Mets fan or not, but when you watch this team day in and day out, they love Murphy. It's the fair-weather Mets fans or some Yankee fans 
that don't see how good Murphy was during the year, and they just notice what he does on uh, Sports Center and all that stuff. And when you look at it like that, Murphy, you're gonna say, "Oh, who is this guy? This guy, this guy can't be that good. He's just doing this for these couple games." But no, that's not the case. Murphy's been doing it all year. You just haven't been watching him closely. Murph's batting average has been 287 pretty much all year. He's been their most consistent hitter pretty much all year. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like I agree. I agree. He's been I, he's been their most consistent hitter, and he's been here for the last four years doing it. You know, and he's been the only reason why the Mets have been somewhat competitive. And him, between him and David Wright, and David Wright's been slacking off this year too. But Murphy has been doing this for years now. So to say that he's not a good Met or not doing a good job, yeah, he's no, he did, he's done a good job. It's just you haven't noticed it. He's been good these last couple of years. He just doesn't get the respect that everyone goes. He's the 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 unsung hero of the Mets, and no one respects him for that. But now he's starting. Uh, he's on the big stage where everyone can see him, and now you're starting to see what kind of hitter David uh, uh, Daniel Murphy is. And now you're starting to see it, and that's the why Mets, you don't believe it. The Mets almost have to sign him in the off season because it's an insurance policy for David Wright because you don't know what's going to happen with him. He can go down tomorrow. Well, David Wright so always has the ability. So it's almost like they have to, to sign the guy. He always has the ability to go down, but it's not. I mean, it is an insurance policy for David Wright because he can play anywhere on the on the infield. Daniel Murphy, and you have people that can fill in second base and and all that. But yeah, his, he needs his to. His position uh, is also third base. Yes, yes, he can play anywhere though. But he he wants to. You you want to sign him because because of that, and he hits. He does the thing. Now the only reason, and thanks for your call, caller. The only reason that he is not going to be that valuable, I can see, is because his defense and and the way he runs the bases. But in this series, he's proven that he is doing a good job and he can do the things necessary to be a great MLB player. And that's what he's doing right now. So Daniel Murphy has come into the spotlight right now. He's showing New York the player he's been pretty much all along He's getting to he gets into these hot streaks. He is a good hitter. He hits two eighty seven. He hits two ninety. He's always been that kind of guy. You just haven't noticed him. So you're a New Yorker and you're a baseball fan. You need to start opening up your eyes. Be back after this. Um, yeah, so getting a lot of heat over here. I said the Mets were dead to rights tonight. Uh, <laughs> the Cubs, I mean, were dead to rights. And then I said the Cubs take the game. You know, I was thinking about it as I was talking, and the Mets should sweep. But then I got into just talking about how the Mets don't want to sweep because they lay over and their bats might get cold, and you don't know who's going to suffer from that. So 
as a baseball personality and a baseball fan, I want to see the Cubs win tonight just to give the Mets a little bit of strain along up into that World Series. You don't want to give them back too much. Um, but if you're a Mets fan and you're, you're, if you're on the Mets sidelines, you want them to sweep tonight and have that time off. I always see, see it a little bit detrimental when a team has too much time off. It happened the last couple World Series, uh, not last theirs, but a couple years before that, you know, 2014 and 2013, 2000, um, sorry, 2013, 2012, 2011, 10, where a team has a lot of time off, their bats get hot or bats get cold and they don't really come out to where they're in playoff form. They come out a little bit hot, a little bit cold, and it doesn't start, the bats don't start warming up for a while and you get you get kind of like swept and you know two two games you you go down two games and it's hard to come back from that and that's what you see happening with the cubs they had a little bit of time off their bats kind of cooled off their pitching was never really that great I mean, aside from arietta but you you're not scared of lester or hamels or hendrickson hendrick sorry um and that's it so now the mets are, are are on their way to the world series they're going to the world series Met fans, calm down. They'll be there. And that's it. So, Met fans, take a deep breath. We're going to switch it over to NFL. I didn't do my show yesterday. I had a little bit of technical difficulty with my internet. Um, We won't go into that now. But the Giant game on Monday night has you wondering, if you're a Giant fan, what is wrong with my team? How could they go from the performances in the previous three weeks to what they did on Monday night in front of everyone, where everyone was watching, what kind of team they were doing. They came out, scored quickly, Odell Beckham, Philly answered back, and then all hell broke loose. Pick six, interception, fumbles. We were just talking about this last week, how if you're a Giant fan, you feel good about the way your team is playing and and protecting the football. And then they come out and do that on Monday night? And you're supposed to feel good about this team all year long? And I don't think that was an anomaly on Monday night. I think that's who the Giants are. I think they've been getting lucky for the last three weeks, four weeks, coming out and protecting the football. No, they had sustainable leads. They had that presence. They came back a few times. But that's how Manning likes to play. He likes to come back. He likes to get that pressure in the fourth quarter. And he's done well in that situation. But Monday night, he was awful and this is what you're going to get and we always discuss whether Manning is a a, you know a hall of famer or he's going directly into the hall of fame after a couple years he's definitely not a first rounder and I and my friends always say he's got two rings two rings two rings any question I ask him about the about Manning his regular season performance his you know his nine and seven his eight and eight I think he has four eight and eight years two nine and seven years he's not a perennial all-star pro bowl, pro bowl quarterback. He's gotten to the Super Bowl twice, which is, hey, can't take any disrespect from him. He's gotten there twice, but he's gotten lucky both times he was there. And I don't care what you say. He did not. He's not lucky. That was, you know, that was a good catch. Dude, the dude caught one off of his helmet, and the other dude, Manningham, I don't know how he caught that ball. Both of those catches were – very, very unrealistic. If you've seen that, 
in a video game, you'd be like, there's no way he caught that ball. You throw your hands up, throw the controller against the wall, put a hole in your drywall. Let me tell you something. He did win. I'm not going to take that away from him. There's another quarterback who won two Super Bowls, too, who's not in the Hall of Fame. And his name is Plunkett. And he's not there either. So don't expect him to be an automatic lock for the for the um, Hall of Fame because he's not. He's going to have to put together some more winning seasons. How many quarterbacks, like upper echelon lock Hall of Famers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, have four, eight, and eight years, two, nine, and seven years, years they don't even make the playoffs. These guys are perennial pro bowlers. They're in the playoffs every year. And Manning is not that quarterback. He gets you there. You get to the Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl, let's face it, Tyree catch and defense. Okay? You had Tuck. You had your defensive line who was playing and dominating. And that's how you beat the Patriots, nonetheless. You put pressure from your defensive line where you can drop back your secondary and your linebackers and get enough pressure on Tom Brady to make him throw the ball quickly. That's how you beat the Patriots. It's a winning combo. Defensive line pressure, drop back your your linebackers, make sure there's no slants, there's no curls, there's nothing coming over the middle, and your secondary can cover properly, and that's how you beat the Patriots. And that's they showed you. Everyone showed you. It's just that other teams can't get pressure with their defensive line. That's why they're not victorious. That's why the Patriots beat every other team. When you have a good defensive line, like the Jets do this year, and we're going to cause the Patriots fits this week. I'm telling you right now, all pressure. We're not. Hey, Todd Bowles is known for blitzing, but he doesn't have to blitz if we have pressure coming for our D line. And if you're going to blitz on Tom Brady, he'll burn you every time. Ask Rex Ryan. Can't cover a tight end. Can't cover a slot receiver. What do? And then when you blitz, yeah, those are your two most pro, the two biggest problems: your tight end and your slot receiver, because they're running short, quick routes, and it's a wide open field in the middle. Okay, so when you do that to Tom Brady, he'll pick you apart every time. You get pressure with your defensive line, like the Giants did in both of those Super Bowls. Okay, that's how you beat them. So they did play a good game. Their defense stepped up in the Super Bowls. Eli was, yeah, he was MVP, I guess, because you throw a a ball bad, and a guy has to jump up and catch it on his helmet. I guess you should be named the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to take that away from him. But the way he's playing in this, regular season, and especially in that game last night. He's taken care of the ball the previous weeks. He's threw one interception, one fumble, and then the other night was a nightmare for Giant fans. You have to look back and say, okay, you know, we were in first place going into that game. We're in first place in a really, really bad division, okay, because that is a bad division. You can put pretty much any other team in that division that's, you know, first or second, and they're going to be leading that division, second or third even, and they're going to be leading that division. So now you come out of that game on Monday night and you say, you know what, this team is just not that good. They're not that good. I'm not – my expectations have now been lowered, and now you're going into a Cowboys game with a terrible quarterback, no receivers. Cole Beasley is – Awful. Witten, I don't even know if he's going to play. And if you lose this game, I'm telling you, all hell is going to break loose. 
The Giants are going to go back. And you have a full team right now. Aside from Victor Cruz, and your se- I know your secondary is beat up. It was beat up all year. But you're playing Brandon Whedon. Okay, Sam Bradford. You made Sam Bradford look like a pro bowler. Okay, Chip Kelly. Nothing annoys me when Chip Kelly wins more than when Chip Kelly wins. And you made him look like he knows what he's doing now. I can't wait for him to get out of the NFL. I, I can't stand seeing his face. I want nothing to do with him anymore. I can't wait till he leaves. So now, Giants, you sit there, you, you lose to the Eagles, you lose your Paul Bunyan trophy, per se, because that's your team that you need to beat. The Eagles are your I, – I feel the Eagles and the Cowboys are kind of a, a, a toss-up between who's a bigger rivalry. Sometimes it's the Eagles, sometimes it's the Cowboys. I feel the Cowboys are, are, are the Eagles are more because they're just the, – just because of the location. And when you lose to them like that and they embarrass you on Monday night, pick sixes, fumbles, interceptions, Eli running for his life, can't run the ball, can't throw the ball, you left to say, what kind of team do I have right now? What am I, what, what, where is this team going to go? Am I, am I getting my hopes up for, for nothing? And yeah, you are, you are. Eli threw the ball 38 times, 189 yards. I mean, 189 yards from a hall of fame quarterback. You got a lot to think about. You really do be back after this. rig follow me at twitter at the big rig show give me a call 347-989-0635 and we went over to the giants just now um how they're kind of you, you're losing a lot of confidence in the giants you're not sure what kind of team you have you're not sure 
what they're going to do, if they're going to go to the playoffs. It's a very wide open division. It's a real bad division. It's just bad. Overall, bad division you play in. Anything can happen. Anybody can win it. You, you let the Eagles sneak up there now. It's still not a big deal. I think that division, it's whoever gets healthy enough. I, the Eagles are pretty much healthy, and they're just floating around everyone else. So it tells you what kind of team they are. Giants have a banged-up secondary, no Victor Cruz. The Cowboys, when they get Romo and Dez back, forget about it. If they get him back early enough, they're taking that division. It's just staying and to be in position to take over the division. I don't know if they're going to be there. I don't know if they can sustain the the loss of, of Romo for that long. Brandon Wien is just not doing the job. So who knows? The Giants have a, a real good shot. Washington, well, the Jets showed you what Washington is like. I mean, one half, they just absolutely dominated them. So I wouldn't be worrying um, about who my team is right now. I'd be more worried about the other teams and what they're doing because you need to get Victor Cruz back. You need maybe uh, acquire some kind of secondary help. I don't really think that it, that's your biggest problem right now. I think your quarterback play and some of your coaching is, is, is what's causing you to lose. So, We'll see. Jets are playing Patriots this week. We'll go into that a little later in the week. We'll have Hulse's Hot Picks um, coming up on Friday. Did a pretty good job last week. I'll, do, I'll be doing my picks on Friday. Uh, we got a, a Jets insider coming on later in the week. Uh, she'll be on talking Jets, seeing where the kind of direction the Jets are going in. So we have her coming in, calling in, actually. Okay. Lucky. I know I am. I'm real lucky. So that's what pretty much we have. We got game four tonight. Mets, Cubs. Mets are pretty much in position, driver's seat, floor and um, foot on the gas pedal, down to the floor. Uh, I do think they're going to the World Series. Like I said before, I don't think it's optimal to – sweep them and have that layover. So as for tonight, I do think they're going to win um, the series tonight. You want to see maybe them give one back just so they don't have that much of a layover. But then again, Met fans are probably, you know, foaming at the mouth to win this thing, get it over with just to be in the world series and, and relax for a few days because your, your emotions have been running crazily for the last month. And you don't know when it's going to end, and it'll give you a little time to relax and control your thoughts and see where you're going. And you're going to be playing the Royals. I don't think the Blue Jays can come back, uh, especially with uh, Edinson Volquez going tonight. I think he pitched really well the first first game he pitched. His ball had really, really late movement. He was throwing hard. I think they're going to dominate them. So Edinson Volquez – Look for him to get the win tonight for the uh, Royals. Royals will go back-to-back World Series. I do believe when when it happens, we're going to do a, a big preview of the Mets-Royals because let's just face it, they'll be in there. And I'll tell you why I feel the Mets are going to be in a lot of trouble in that series. So we'll get into that too. Hopefully they can wrap it up tonight. I think if it's a shootout and the Mets – are going to be on the wrong side of that shootout. Uh, you can't keep up with that lineup. 
in any way, shape, or form. They just have better hitters than you and younger hitters. And they're seeing the ball, they're seeing the, ball the way they've been pitched to lately. As By what I mean is you're facing arguably the best staff in the in the National League. The Mets have the best staff. and The, the bullpen, not so much. But to face Syndergaard, Harvey, DeGrom in your first three games, it's almost not fair, especially if you're a Cub. But when I previewed this series before, I told you guys that they were the one that were going to give the Cubs the fits. They were the one that were best suited to beat the Cubs. And man, man, I'm tired of being right. So once again, we'll go over that later on in the week. We'll do our football picks Friday because the Jets inside are coming on a couple days. Want to do that more towards Friday just because it's closer to, you know, football. And after the Thursday night game where we talk a little fantasy, we'll talk a little what happened Thursday night. Hopefully the Mets will wrap it up tonight. If not, not that bad, Mets fans. If you don't wrap it up tonight, it's not that bad. Okay. So we'll go over that. And as usual, at the end of the show, what do we always say? Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. Okay. Thank you very much. Later, folks. Peyote.